and we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraub, coming right back from California from a, for a few EV test drives. How are you doing, Seth? I'm good. All right, so we're going to get to talk about those two vehicles later on on the show, but let's jump into uh, the biggest news of the, uh, in the EV world this week, and that was the Tesla earnings and the product roadmap update that came with it and all that stuff and how it was perceived by the market and uh, every of the bits and pieces that we think are the most important. But let's jump in into first the, the actual uh, result for the earnings because uh, on that front, Tesla the, the beat expectation on both revenue and uh, earnings per share. So there's 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 not a lot to complain about for investors in terms of the result in Q4. Seventeen billion, seventeen point one billion was the revenue expectation averaged uh, for Wall Street, and Tesla delivered seventeen point seven. So significant six hundred million dollar beat there. And the earnings per share, uh, while she was expecting 2.30, Tesla delivered 2.54. That's uh, non-gap earnings. But still, uh, they generated over $2 billion of net profit during the last quarter for a total of $5.5 billion in 2021. And one thing that was really interesting to point out here is that that $5.5 billion that they made in uh, 2021 that's a lot uh, enough to cover all their losses since inception. So for a long time, of course, Tesla was not profitable. In the last two years or so, that that shifted, and now Tesla has been consistently profitable, marginally profitable. They they don't focus on making a ton of money because they're reinvesting a lot of money all the time. Uh, specifically, this year they had six point five billion of capital expenditure for new factories. So they they spent six point five billions on future growth. So if they didn't have to do that and they just like exist as a as a business, a stable business, they would be making uh, uh, over ten billion dollars a year already. And I, I think Elon said on the call they're a real company now. Yeah. So that's <laughs> something to celebrate. Yeah, I mean they were, they were already worth a trillion dollars before that <laughs> achieving that, but I think that makes them real too. But I mean he has a point. He has a point there. Uh, so this two billion dollars of uh, profitability. Uh, it's it, it, it was achieved partly by a very successful gross margin in Q4, uh, 30.6, uh, 29.2 if you uh, exclude the regulatory credits, which uh, you know this has been always a contention, a point of contention for uh, for the shorts. I was ah, Tesla wouldn't make any money if they weren't for the government subsidizing their vehicles. That's not true. Uh, it is part of their business, but as you can see here, it's a uh, a little bit over one percent of their gross profit on their car, so not, nothing crazy. Um, cash on end uh, increased by one point seven, one point five billion dollars in Q uh, in Q four. So now Tesla is sitting on seventeen point six billion dollars in cash uh, and Bitcoin. I assume too. Mm-hmm. They include they include that in. Uh, they lost a little money on that last quarter. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, the, oh yeah, one thing I thought was really interesting too is, uh, they disclosed to the, in Q4, uh, they had a massive $340 million payroll tax expenses over Musk's compensation plan. The, the 2012 one that he's been exercising is, uh, his option like, uh, like crazy over the last, uh, I think most of them was last quarter. Uh, you know, this idea that he would sell 10% of his, uh, of his Tesla stake. Uh, which of course was mostly related to a pre-approved uh, stock option plan. So there was three hundred forty million dollars just for that. So that alone affected the earnings significantly too, because again, Tesla made about just over two billion dollars last quarter. So they could have made three hundred forty million dollar more if uh, uh, Jamie had a good point too in the in the Slack about that when it was announced. It was like if you have to disclose in your earnings a line about one of your employees being paid so much that it negatively affected a single one of the employees being paid so much that it negatively affected your results, uh, he's probably getting paid too much. A little bit. (laughs) It helps when your brother and all your friends are on the board and they're making Yeah, but at the same time, since he's not here to defend himself, you have to take into account that there was a lot of years that Elon wasn't paid to. Like the way that his compensation plan is set up is, is, is... Results and things like that, where you have like all the option exercising at the same time, so you, 
in a single i'm not look it's it's still a lot of money either way <laughs> like right. talking about billions of dollars here that he's getting paid but it's it's the way it's set up too but, yeah. i mean even if it was like perfectly evenly planned or, uh, as a per hour salary would still be like one of the most well-paid person in the world if not the most uh yeah i mean tesla in the um q4 presentation that uh, they focused very much on the financial result of the quarter of the year um 2021 full year but in terms of guidance uh they decided to stick with the 50 percent average growth year over year uh, for the foreseeable future which uh we know is it's it's quite vague because if you look for example right here at the deliveries it grew uh 87% in um in 20 oops uh i missed it here uh, that's the deliveries yeah full full year 87% of the deliveries grew in uh in 2021 uh, so the 50% is an average over time now, during the call following uh, the release of the presentation, Elon did say that they are confident that it's going to be over 50% this year, but they didn't want to say anything more than that. Um, so it's something to keep in mind. And it's probably what negatively affected Tesla stock following. Because again, like I said, this is all good news at the on the numbers. It's, it, it's all beating expectation. It's all um, lo- looking good. But even though it's beating expectation, Tesla has kind of a history of beating expectation these days, and people were more looking at like what is going to look like in 2022. Uh, over 50% is already what people were expecting, so this doesn't help a lot. So I think what really negatively affected Tesla after that was uh, mostly the uh, the announcement that uh, the, that whatever ended up being that product roadmap update. <laughs> which uh, I think it's not exactly what we were expecting when Elon announced it. Not at all. Like, in fact, it was probably the opposite. Like, I, I think uh, we were expecting something and we got like absolutely nothing. Yes. Uh, in short, the product roadmap update was Tesla will not launch any new vehicle in 2022. And to be fair, the reasoning behind it makes sense. And it's not hundred percent Tesla's fault. Elon said that technically, even if they were to launch a new vehicle like the Cybertruck, which is was the main new vehicle that Tesla was expected to launch this year, uh, they wouldn't produce more total vehicles in terms of volume because there are other product uh, supply chain bottlenecks. For a long time, Tesla was the battery cells that was a supply chain bottleneck. Elon made it clear that the chip shortage is still an issue. And even though they plan to grow in 2022, they plan to grow with Model 3 and Model Y again, and I'll assume some Model S and X, and not bring a new vehicle in because of the, the production ramp of that vehicle would be ended by uh, by the chip shortage. And I mean, he, he specifically mentioned the chip shortage several times, but he made it sound like it's it's broader than that a little bit, though not the cells, at least not for um, not, not, not for, for 2022. They do expect to be battery cell constrained again in the future, maybe next year. But right now, the chip shortage is the real issue. So for the Cybertruck, that, that confirmed that it's delayed to 2023, this has been rumored before Tesla announced the delay officially that it would be early in 2023. Elon didn't say that whatsoever. He said, hopefully next year, which which is not the most confident way to say next year. So, I mean, I, I would hope that Tesla is really pushing hard to make this next year and hopefully in the first half of next year. But the the timeline itself was pretty vague and not not very encouraging. Yeah, to me, it actually sounded like they didn't know how to make the Cybertruck cost anywhere near what they had kind of laid out previously. You know, he said something to the effect of, we don't know, we haven't yet figured out how to make it cost what people would pay. Like, they can make it, they can make it now, but it would be, you know, so expensive that most people wouldn't be able to afford it. And it certainly wouldn't be kind of what people put down their reservations expecting, but. Yeah. I mean, that's a problem. Like it's been months now since this will remove the pricing and the specs from the Cybertruck order page and website with, with the way that Elon was framing things for this 
product roadmap update, it sounded like we were going to get the updated version of those. But like you said, I think is is exact word in the um, in in the call was there's a lot of technology going into the cyber truck, and we know how to make it super appealing to people in, in, in a great vehicle. But we need to make that we need to make a balance with having it not too expensive. Uh, so so it, obviously there's a concern for them, so they're going to try to make it happen, but. you made it like Tesla has made a very good habit of like releasing concept vehicles with that are very close to the production version that already have pricing and specs and they've been pretty good at staying close to those specs pretty good at staying close to the pricing to a degree I mean there were some shenanigans with the Model S and uh, you know the the 40 kilowatt hour pack that was ended up software lock. And then model three, the $35,000 version was short lived and hard to get, but, but still like those program ended up being super successful. So I'm, I'm, and I, I do still think that the program is going to be super successful for the cyber truck though for the cyber truck. I mean, it, it is, it is, we've been calling it a race to electrify the electric pickup truck industry in the U S and Tesla owns the electric vehicle industry in the u.s like the most evs sold in the u.s are tesla right now but it's still not a large portion of the overall automotive market in the u.s because pickup trucks are a large part of the automotive market so until they go electric there won't be a massive ev adoption uh, in the u.s and in north america in canada too is a similar situation though maybe not as um, pickup heavy as the u.s so if you want to be a big player in the auto industry through the electrification of, of the industry in the U.S., you have to have an electric pickup truck on market as soon as possible, as best as possible, and higher volume as possible. Now, Tesla has been beaten to market by Rivian for sure. It looks like it's clearly going to get beat to market by uh, Ford with the F-150 Lightning. Tesla looked like it still had a chance to beat those two companies to volume production because no one is better at Tesla than uh, at producing electric vehicle in mass volume than than Tesla. But with this announcement now, it looks less and less likely that that's going to happen. So something something to keep in mind when when you look at Tesla's market share in the U.S. Because I mean, I, I think they can still do great with the Model Y and the Model Three, but the Cybertruck would have been a big deal on that front, and it, it didn't happen, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, and, and especially since Ford is selling to fleet owners uh, a forty thousand dollar. Uh, version of the uh, F-150 Lightning. I feel like that is something that can that can scale pretty pretty large. And then obviously Ford's been saying they can double and then double again their production. So I, I think Ford is like I don't want to say they're all in because that you know they also say that by 2030 they're only going to be like half EV. But it seems like they are ready to go big. On, on EVs and they're talking about numbers like 600,000 per year by 2024, I think. Yeah, that's all their EVs, I think, but not right. just the 150, but yeah, it's starting to be significant volumes for sure. Yeah. No, no, it's a, it's, it's sad to see Tesla slipping a little bit on that front, but I mean, it, it makes sense. They, they are, they already produce more electric vehicles than anybody else and they are constrained with some of their supply right now, including the, the chip shortage. So they just don't have that to produce a Cybertruck. Hopefully what Tesla does, though, is that they, they set things up at Gigafactory Texas to be ready to produce the Cybertruck in higher volume as possible. And they ramp up the 4680 sales production and they figure out all that apparently like wild technology that they plan to release in that truck so that once the supply is there, uh, they, they can ramp up uh, quick in 2023, hopefully, to quote Elon. Uh, but speaking of uh, Gigafactory Texas... There were some more details about the Model Y. So earlier this week, uh, we did, uh, no, that was last week, that was during the last podcast, we reported that Tesla was aiming to deliver the uh, first Model Y from Gigafactory Texas by the end of the quarter. Uh, Tesla confirmed that in the call that that was the goal. Uh, Drew Baglino said that the new 4680 cell battery pack Model Y are going to be coming out by the end of the quarter, delivered by the end of the quarter. They already confirmed that they started production of them. Uh, started the first build in late 2021, so they stayed true to that to, to that timeline. But now they are waiting for final approval, final certification. So I assume that's the EPA, that's NHTSA, and they get get all the OK so that they can they can move to um, to deliveries. Um, 
yeah, they posted some pictures too from inside the the FRE Texas. You see the General Assembly line here. So a lot of Molawais are coming out. We saw those Molawais, those blue ones too. The uh, yep. the paint shop, like they uh, they were spotted last week or the week before that, uh, being charged outside of the factory. This this is one of those innovation that comes with the structural battery pack and the forty six forty six eighty cells, where Tesla can mount the seats directly on top of the of the pack and uh, drop the body around it uh, and then weld the body to the battery pack uh, because again it's it's part of the of the vehicle so that simplifies the the assembly greatly uh, as for those 4680 battery cells uh drew baglino did uh, give us a small update on what's happening with that there was not many details so we know that tesla is already producing those cells at the Fremont uh, facility on Cato Road. So not the Fremont factory, but like miles away. Um, And he said that uh, they were focused on growing supply cell alongside uh, the in-house 4680 to provide flexibility and insurance as they attempt to grow as fast as possible. Um, They say, Drew said that sales from suppliers sort of exceed other factory limiting constraints. So that those other factory limiting constraint was mostly the chip shortage that Elon mentioned. Um, they don't expect to be constrained on the 4680 cells in 2022. So what does that mean is that the cells coming out of the production plan should be enough to supply the Gigafactory Texas in making the Model Y ramp up through 2022. And also gave quick details on the uh because this is also deploying 4680 cell production capacity at Giga Texas. And he says that some of the equipment has already been installed and is already producing some parts of the 4680 cells. So it's not ready to start full production of 4680 cells, but there's progress on that front. Didn't give us any timeline on that or the production capacity of the Cato Road, which was aimed to be 40, uh, 10 gigawatt hour per year. He, they say that they are still working on ramping that up. So I assume that they are not at 10 gigawatt hour at this point based on those comments. A lot, a lot of stuff uh, was pretty vague. So <laughs> I think that's what uh, the uh, the industry didn't like, the, the investor didn't like. That's where the Tesla stock kind of kind of tumbled a little bit after the earnings report, even though the actual financial results were uh, better than expectation. Well, it was weird. Like if he had said, he hadn't said that Fjallan hadn't said that they were going to give an, a, a timeline or, a, you know, a, a production timeline at the earnings. I don't think there would be, you know, any like shock or dismay or whatever, but the fact that he said it's coming and then he delivered nothing mm. is a little bit like disconcerting, I think. Well, I guess the delivering nothing like the, so so that was the bad news that Elon said. Let's focus a little bit on the. Well, I mean, there's actually a little bit more bad news. Let me just talk about the twenty-five thousand dollar car. There was some comments from Elon on that too, uh, which actually gonna transition well into the the good part that Elon was trying to uh, to focus on. So the shareholder asked Elon uh, what's happening with the $25,000 Tesla. And he says that Tesla is not working on it at the moment. If you remember correct, uh, if you remember, Elon announced that car, the $25,000 car at the battery day, because he said that the 4680 cells enable a $25,000 Tesla. And last year, uh, just a few months ago, I think in September or something, Elon said that uh, Tesla is aiming to bring that car to 2023. So that that no new launch in 2022 is not actually an official deal for the $25,000 car. However, he did say that they are not working on it right now. So if they're not working on it right now, a 2023 launch is... uh, Extremely unlikely, in my opinion. But then Elon says that asking that, asking where is the twenty five thousand dollars car, is not the, the the right question because he said that the full cell driving is more important than the actual cost of the vehicle because the full cell driving is going to reduce the cost per mile of traveling, and that's more important than the actual cost of the vehicle. Which he's not wrong. There's a huge market for for, for just transport through ride sharing and taxis and all that stuff. Uh, which robo taxis, as he calls it, would uh, would take over that those market, those giant market, and would reduce, especially combined with electrification, would greatly reduce the cost of transport per mile. Now he, he emphasized that a lot in his uh, <laughs> in his presentation. He, uh, that was like the if there was like two like things that 
Elon tried to enforce in that presentation is like FSD is coming and it's going to be a huge deal. And uh, Tesla Optimus, which is apparently the new name now that we're going for for the Tesla bot, is going to be massive too and is becoming a priority for Tesla. But back to the full self-driving. Uh, a lot of time I sense during the call, Elon having some frustration with people, if, him feeling that people are not completely grasping the full value that full self-driving is going to bring to to Tesla specifically, but that sounds a little bit selfish for Elon, more for the market, for the, the whole industry, felt like. And uh, so, so, for example, like the one analyst brought a very interesting question when he was like, all right, based on your growth rate, you guys are basically guiding that you're going to make 3 million vehicles in 2024. But with the delays that you just announced, it sounds like you're only going to have the Model 3, Model Y, SNX, which is relatively low volume, and, and some Cybertruck in 2024 because that's based on the like starting production in 2023 with a, like a slow ramp up uh, at the beginning. It's not going to be that many Cybertruck in 2024. So it's like, how do you get the $3 million, for, $3 million vehicle units from there? Uh, without a uh, $25,000 car or without the higher volume Cybertruck, anything like that. So basically with Model 3, Model Y, how do you get to 3 million units with just Model 3, Model Y? And uh, Elon sort of responded, well, we're going to have full self-driving. Like it's with full self-driving that these these cars are going to fly off the shelf. Like even even if it's just two, two main models, uh, we can sell millions of them per year if they are full self-driving. So and and he was like frustrated, like you you understand how much value it adds to those cars. And I think everyone understands that. It's like everyone understands that if you don't have someone driving the car uh, as a personal vehicle, it's it's super fun because like you said, you go every weekend from New York to Vermont. I mean, if you can watch a movie while doing that, take a, a little siesta, whatever, like it, it it has a little value. And as an actual commercial application. Uh, you replace all every Uber driver in the world with that. It's it's a, a ton of uh, of money saved per mile, and then you reduce the, the cost of transportation greatly, uh, and you replace a ton of uh, public transport application. Uh, you did also mention, though, obviously that it's going to be a traffic issue that needs to be solved along that way. But anyway, everyone, I think, understand that. Like it's 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 massive the impact it has. I think what Elon doesn't understand is like not a lot of People believe that he can do it. <laughs> there's wow. there, there's there's skepticism on him achieving it in the first place, or at the very least achieving it on 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 his timeline and or even an extended timeline, or even like a 2024, three million vehicles in 2024. If that assumes full self driving, it it uh, raised some red flags in some people's mind. Are like, oh, if uh, you need that to make that happen, maybe not. Did you feel that from the call set? Yeah. So. You, I think by now everybody knows that like every year since like 2016. So we're talking five going on six years. Elon has kind of promised full self-driving by the end of this year or next year or whatever. So it's kind of frustrating at this point. Like you can't really, you can't take his word seriously at this point. Like, you know, if he said something like uh, we're going to have full self-driving at the end of this year or everybody gets their money back, that would be okay. That would be something I would definitely you know, my, my ears would perk up at that point. But the fact that he said the exact same thing, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 21, and now we're in 2022. And he said the same thing. You're not. He said specifically, he said now uh, during the call, he said he will be, he would be shocked. Shocked. If Tesla doesn't achieve full self-driving safer, sorry, safer than humans this year. So that's the new phrasing that he's using now. Right. Uh, which, of course, like uh, based on what? Safer than human, right. based on what? That's the question. Uh, Elon did like... <laughs> he, that, that's one thing. Like why some people don't believe him too is like how how can we truly believe him? Like we can... Okay, we can get her hands on the full self-driving. Like we have, we have Chance on the team that has full self-driving on his Tesla and he wasn't particularly exp- impressed by it. But... Uh, we can see all the videos on YouTube. Like we, like how, like how do we know like if it's good or how it's improving? And the way that Elon presented it is like, oh, if you have full self driving, then uh, uh, 
plot your intenversion per mile over time and see how it progresses. So now we, we would need to convince basically how, how every Tesla FSD beta testers to plot their intervention per mile in order to get in kind of an idea of how it's progressing. Why doesn't Tesla just release that? Like yeah. if if it is improving so so well, just release the data. Show us. Like give us something to to convince us that this is an achievable goal. This is there's progress toward that goal. Though he did say during the call that there's a lot of very important uh, updates to FSD beta coming in the coming months. Uh, he's been teasing those for a while. Though that he he sort of frames them as like massive step changes to the program that should help them uh, improve much faster. So, okay, maybe he's waiting for that, but this, this needs to come soon. We need to have a way to track that better than just the anecdotal evidence from beta testers on, on, on YouTube and on Twitter and, and whatever. It's, it's not good enough right now, especially as we get closer to maybe that's actually releasing that. You know what? I think, you know, what, what I said before with money, I think he should put his money where his mouth is. Like if, if full self-driving doesn't come by the end of this year on, on normal roads, then give everybody a thousand bucks because, you know, everybody mm-hmm. paid a bunch of money. And if it doesn't come next mm-hmm. year, another thousand bucks. And, you know, every, you know, maybe a hundred bucks a month. And or start by actually letting people, if they, they're not disappointed with FSD to get reimbursed to. Right. Uh, right. If you want to keep your Tesla, but you don't want to keep FSD anymore, there's no option for you. You, you cannot just like give me my money back for that. Like, it's, yeah, it's and there's people who have leased the car. Like, so yeah. I, you know, I leased a Model X in 2016. The first time he said FSD is coming at the end of the year or next year. So I thought, oh, you know, toward the end of my lease, I had a three year lease. Uh, I'll get to try out full self driving. Honestly, it was a used car. It was mm-hmm. a you know a, a floor model. And it was very inexpensive compared to like a new one. So if it didn't have FSD, I probably would have paid the same amount for it. But it was there. I was excited about it. And then three years later, there was no FSD. And that was a while ago. That was like, you know, two years ago that I gave that back. So, and it's disappointing. Anybody who's leased a, a Tesla with FSD and expected to get anything out of it at this point, it's got to be you know, kind of disappointing. You paid some money. I mean, the, 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 there's some class action lawsuit going on right. right now about that. So I think those are years into uh, actually resulting in anything, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting how the law interprets that situation for sure. All it's right. Just, well, just, just to close it out, I just yeah. think he should, he can't just say it's coming at the end of the year anymore. Like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me five times. <laughs> Shame on us. Yeah. Well, at the same time, like that's the thing. It, you, you see it. It's it's getting there. It's getting closer it's, and closer. It's getting closer it's just, for sure. It's just how close. It's super hard to tell because that thing safer than human is a is a vague term, right? And, and safer than human. So this is just achieving that based on Tesla's own interpretation of it. Then getting anything approved to regulator. That's another thing too. So, and then all the different jurisdictions. Oh, it's going to be. Whew, it's going to be a whole mess to untangle. All right. Uh, what else do I want to discuss about? Oh, yeah, the Tesla Semi. That was um, – so that's one of the products that, like, oh, it's not launching in 2022. It's unclear. Tesla literally didn't discuss it at all during the presentation and during the conference call that followed it. But in the presentation, they did release this picture of a little fleet of four of them. So that's more – production version, uh, new production version of the Tesla Semi we've seen yet. Uh, presumably, Tesla's going to use those for themselves or maybe deliver them to PepsiCo, who apparently expected them last year. So, And something is happening for sure with PepsiCo because they are deploying a megacharger at the location there. So maybe something soon is going to happen there. But no real news with the Tesla Semi other than Tesla's produced a few more. And they released a picture of them in the show, but no, no production spec, no production pricing updated, nothing really. All right, the last, the superstar of the earnings was Tesla Optimus. Um, Elon <laughs> Elon made a very very uh, that's a good <laughs> featured image. Uh, shout out to Michael Bauer for that 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 featured image right there. Um, he. He did because so when he said no new launch in 2022, he says it's still going to be product development in 2022. 
So what would be the top priority product development? You would think it's Cybertruck if they plan to launch it in 2023. There's going to be, a, Elon even said, there's going to be a lot of technology to figure out in that truck before we can launch it. But no, he said, and I use the exact phrasing here, but phrasing because it's really what he said. In terms of priority of products, I think actually the most important product development we're doing this year is the Optimus Humanoid Robot. So apparently we're really switching the word, by the way, to, from Tesla bot to Tesla Optimus or Optimus Prime. It's uh, apparently the word that they're sticking to. They are sort of moving away from Tesla bot. But yeah, Elon said, uh, I think the Tesla Optimus has the potential to be more significant than the vehicle business over time. If you think about the economy, the foundation of the economy is labor. Capital, in- uh, capital equipment is distal labor. So what happens if you don't actually have a labor shortage? I'm not sure what an economy even means at that point. That's what Optimus is about. So very important. So basically think that Optimus can solve can solve the labor shortage issue. He did say that the first use of Tesla Optimus now would be in Tesla's own factory. As he stated that if we can find a use for it, then we shouldn't expect others uh, would, which is a fair assessment. But yeah, there's no new information on the Tesla Optimus. It's, it's just saying that Tesla, like, so when, because if you remember when Tesla actually announced that project at the Tesla AI day, it was kind of announced as a one more thing in the end of the presentation and everything. And Elon even said that he didn't, he didn't seem that much excited about it in the first place when he announced it. He did say that this is something that we can do at Tesla because we have the AI capability. We have the uh, robotic capability. We have like the FSD computer that's going in there. We have all the power electronics experience to do that. So there was a lot of like, we can just do it. So we should, because if we don't, somebody else will do it and they might not do it as well. They might not be as safe as us. So let's, let's just do it ourselves. And now it went from that to, this is our most important product that we are developing right now. (laughs) So, so that's changed, changed quick. And uh, I mean, and and we've been seeing indication that that's going to happen too, because uh, if you remember just last week, Elon said that the Tesla Optimus might actually play a role in uh, general artificial in- intelligence and uh, the development. And earlier this week, uh, Andrik uh, Karpati, uh, the Tesla's AI director, uh, announced that he believed that the Tesla Optimus is on track to become the most powerful AI development platform out there. So there's been a lot of little indication that uh, Tesla is really starting to bet big on Optimus. And uh, Elon basically confirmed it. It's going to be the priority in the in development. Yeah, so I think a lot of investors uh, are concerned that Tesla might be spreading itself a little bit too thin on the, uh, you know, putting all the engineers on the robot when, you know, they can't even knock out the, uh, you know, can't even get full self-driving working. It's obviously a hard problem, but, you know, they're spreading themselves kind of thin with this this bot project. It feels like, and the fact that they even mentioned prioritizing it yeah. over other things. I mean, honestly, if Tesla had come out with a like a normal pickup truck and could put it out, you know, the last year and this year, they would be in like they're doing. Tesla's doing great, like financially, they're doing fine, but they would be doing really good this year. But they don't have the chips to do that. That's the problem. That's right. The chips are the the, the factor, but. Yeah, they would, but for they the would Tesla bot, your your interpretation is perfectly fair because of what he said. Like the way he said it, it's like this is our product development priority right now. What what I think is actually happening though is is more like Tesla has been hiring a lot of like uh, actuator expert, like uh, people that made like small electric motors and things like that. The robot robotics expert to make like the like it's going to be complex to make this robot work with the the hands and and, and fingers and all that stuff. So Tesla is hiring people to do that, which doesn't necessarily take away from the other projects. And I think all the power that they have for deep learning, for for, for AI, uh, for uh, anything that had to do with computer vision and all that stuff, I think all that energy is spent on for self-driving. Tesla is working on the robot with new people that are hiring for it and maybe some internal people too that are working on the project. But And, and then as the robot the actual robot itself improves. Uh, they come together with a prototype or something. 
and they can finally deliver for self-driving. I'm not saying I'm not committing to any like prediction on the timeline or anything like that, but once they do that, then actually they can start shifting some of that AI effort to the Tesla bot and implement it in the because that because that's the thing that Tesla really likes. And that's that's something that they that's how they are hiring a lot of people on that front too. They're selling it to like uh, if you do anything in AI with anyone, unless it's like some kind of algorithm for like ads or search, it, it doesn't get implemented in actual products at all. Uh, with us, it, it it does. We have robots on the road right now that are just in the form of cars and you can put any kind of AI development that you do in it and it, it, it deployed in the real world. Uh, so I think Tesla wants to do the same thing with a Tesla bot. They want to have the bot and then use their AI capability in that. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Let's talk Cybertruck a little bit because there was uh, the new prototype uh, this week that uh, kind of a bunch of images leaked from the Gigafactory Texas. So it looks like Tesla brought, no, it doesn't look like, Tesla clearly brought the prototype to Gigafactory Texas. And then uh, somehow a bunch of employees just leaked a bunch of pictures of it. And we got to see a much better look at the at the vehicle here, uh, a bunch of pictures were on Facebook and on the Cybertruck forums. So we got a close look at the, uh, uh, that's the other wheel though. That's the, that's the old yeah, wheel. That's old. Okay, this one here. So this is the, well, it's actually the same wheel, but this is with the aerial cap and this is without the aerial cap. So it looks extremely similar to a Model 3 wheel, really. Yep. Um, for the actual shape, uh, it looks like it might be the same prototype that we saw at uh, Giga uh, Fremont Factory a few, well, last month when Tesla had it on the test track because it still has a giant wiper here <laughs> that people hate. But Elon, when the prototype was seen at Fremont, Elon said that the, 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 that's not the production wiper. So I don't know what everyone is freaking out about it, but it's, it's, it's not the production wiper. Uh, the, we, we do get some more like no, those pictures are not great but then what happened is even like a video of it uh, was released um, and again that, w- that was a strange one because like this literally looked like Tesla employees like walking and talking about the car uh, as uh, as the uh, they are on the the job really or on the yeah. break I don't know and it kind of looked like you could see who it was yeah like, I don't think it would be really hard to identify who like no so. But they they posted them themselves on Facebook. Those people in the Cybertruck Owners Club just uh, ripped it the, off their Facebook, and uh, so you, you get uh, a lot of people are saying that it looks smaller from that video because you actually see people uh, around it like walking and the the look taller. But I think the Cybertruck is a bit deceiving because like its peak height is that like pyramid shaped thing, so at the very tippy top of it, so. It, it it might look smaller at times than than it is, but uh, I know it's confusing a little bit. But and also we don't know how tall are those people do that, that that doesn't help. Yeah, and and the uh, closed captioning isn't isn't terribly uh, flattering. Yeah, yeah, they they don't they don't sound like they know anything about that truck. It could it could be contractors too, because of course there's a ton of like uh, construction employees right now that, right. that are there and just uh, working on other things, and maybe they they get a chance to see that truck too. So. I think that's more likely than actual Tesla employees that have to sign like agreements on what they can share on social media and whatnot. You yeah, see, you get a very good look at the wiper here. They're flipping out about it. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, they, they said it looks like a stainless steel refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of people also looking at it from this angle, they see like it doesn't cover the whole windshield too. Right. But then we, we actually some pictures of it dirty that give us the actual range of the, of the wiper uh, later on from, uh, from Joe Rogan actually. Uh, shared some pictures uh, yesterday or the, the day before. I think yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, and and we should note for the commenters, uh, we don't necessarily endorse uh, Joe Rogan's uh, guess or you know <laughs> vaccine <laughs> knowledge or anything like that. Yeah, he, uh, he, I, I he's a comedian. He's he's he, a podcaster and comedian and right. UFC commentator. <laughs> and if you that's if you not take, where I go to to get if my, you get uh, your yeah if you get advice. medical information from him, you probably. And to his own defense, he's going to be the first to admit that too. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I see someone in the comment right now saying that uh, I'm endorsing uh, Alex Jones because uh, I posted picture that Joe Rogan shares of this separate track. <laughs> That's quite the job. That's right a reach. There. It's a reach. Yeah, it's a reach. I'm not a big fan of Alex Jones. 
other than his voice. I like his voice. His voice is pretty intense. But uh, his opinion that he voices with that voice, eh, not a big fan of. So let's calm down on that. Uh, but yeah, but we're still going to use uh, Joe's pictures because they were uh, useful in giving us different angles uh, of the truck with different lighting situation too. And dirt. And dirty. Yeah, it's dirty as hell. So Elon did say that he was driving it around uh, Gigafactory, Texas. I assume that he might, he might not be able to drive it on public street too. And this Gigafactory, Texas is just giant construction site right now. So it's 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 a good test ground really. And um uh, Elon said it was awesome that he loved uh, driving it, but of course he's a little bit biased. Uh, Joe did comment on it. Joe said that the Cybertruck is the coolest car I've seen in my life. And to be fair, that guy drives a lot of cool cars. He has, uh, I think it's 67 Corvette uh, and uh, a bunch of very beautiful cars. Uh, instantly attractive in real life and feels like a huge leap into the future. Uh, so this angle is pretty cool here. It uh, gives you an idea of the length. So this, with that triangle shape, like the length is very, very special. That's what gives this like the CGI look. Uh, you can see the, it looks cool and still, it's still like dirty too. Like it, it looks like a tank. Like it looks like it can take anything. Um, okay, you can see here the, the wiper. That was, that's what I was talking about. Look, the wiper pretty much covers the whole the, like the, only the top left here, but the top left, like this, this is glass just because uh, it, it looks cool. Like it's not vision. Like maybe, maybe you don't get like this little part here for the passenger that doesn't see clearly. That's pretty much it, I think. And again, apparently, it's not the final um, wiper production wiper, according to Elon. I would get a view of the tailgate here. Uh, looks like a pretty standard tailgate. There's no, there's not the thing that folds all the way down for, to let like an ETV on that we saw the original concept. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be on there. But again, this is apparently like the Alpha prototype. Sorry, not even the beta one. So even like the track in the um, the bed here, the, like it doesn't look like this truck has the retractable tunnel cover that right. goes all the way, uh, uh, all the way to uh, like clean on the, on the top of the glass here. And all the way down, it looks like it's a straight line to the back. So I don't know. I don't even know what that's about. Uh, another angle here looks pretty cool. I also see inside this the, the Cybertruck factory. So I don't know if uh, Joe got an actual tour of the of the Gigafactory Texas. He would Do you think they did a podcast that you know they'll be pushing out at some point? Uh, they might have. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it would be interesting for sure, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it would be interesting just to keep uh, an eye on first in the next few episodes of the Joe Rogan, maybe because uh, I, I don't, I don't, they, they posted like a few days later. He normally talks about like he, he, he shows like three hours long, so he talks about what he's been doing lately, and if he's been on the Gigafactory tour, I, I assume he's going to talk about it. Um, right? Maybe we can. Uh, and we should again <laughs> tell our audience we don't uh, we don't endorse Joe Rogan's medical advice. Nor, but that doesn't make it an issue to listen to what he's like if he, he gets better access than us to the cyber truck into gigafactory texas we need to to, to use that like that doesn't mean that because he's wrong about other things he's, he's wrong about that like i listen to joe again for the comedy stuff because he's 20 year 20 years plus in comedy like he's an expert in that at least more than me so he's worth listening to that an expert in martial art too and um Actual that, podcasting too is something to learn about him, I guess, because he has the most successful podcast in the world. So, in terms of, uh, of uh, I'm not saying that information that necessarily gets out through the podcast, but the or his guests, we, or or some of his guests. Yeah, I mean, I don't agree with all his guests, but he has some guests that are very fascinating, though. For sure. Well, I mean, he he kind of goes from one end to the other. Not to digress yeah. too much, like he had Bernie Sanders on. Yeah, you know, like if you like Bernie Sanders, you either like Bernie Sanders or mm. you like you know Alex Jones, like. <laughs> <laughs> or you're so you're somewhere in in the middle of that of that. So he's he's definitely had the the spectrum on. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't know. You know, obviously some of his guests some, say some really stupid things. So that we can't obviously endorse. Yeah. No, no, sure we'd have to anyway. Like, <laughs> right? You you just it's a news source. Make make your own your own. Yeah, see that that's it. It's an information source. It's uh you you can verify it yourself after the fact. I mostly listen to his MMA episode. Like he has a lot of uh, fighters, like they love to go on his show, and it's always uh, fascinating to listen to. 
Also, like <laughs> I've heard in the comments of my article about it, which I didn't comment like anything about Joe, <laughs> just other than he was like podcaster and a and a, a comedian, and a lot of people like, yeah, he's he's promoting people that are anti uh, that deny climate change and all that stuff. You know, okay, he had some people maybe that had uh, opinions on, on climate change that that were wrong and were spreading information were wrong. He also had Elon on the show, who was not a climate change denier, was doing a lot of good to avoid that. So uh, I feel like people always, like, they, they just see the bad, they never see the good. And, like, it, as soon as you do one thing that you see it as bad, it, it negates everything good that you ever did in the in the past. Like, uh, I, I don't like that stuff. I'm like, uh, yeah, give, and- give someone a chance and... Yeah, I'm I'm tired of being people being canceled a little bit. Yeah. It's like he was a great well, I thought he was a good comedian. I think he's a great MMA commentator. Mm-hmm. He actually knows his stuff. Uh and he he has some really bad guests on, but some really good guests on. So Yeah. What can you do? Mm-hmm. And that was it for the Cybertruck this week. Uh, again, we're going to keep an eye if more information comes out of that. And uh, not just the Cybertruck, but the Gift Factory to exist too, since uh Joe had a peak, and speaking of a peak, we got a peak inside the ID Buzz VW ID Buzz this week. Uh, we've seen plenty of the outside over the last few weeks. A prototype has been spotted everywhere, but it's always with that weird uh, camouflage. They should now, come out with. They should. They should have it in that that color. That would be a uh, nice. Uh, <laughs> it would probably sell actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but now we get the interior. Now, now to be fair, I think the interior is going to be available in a bunch of different configurations. There's a cargo version that I think is going to be very popular too, where people are going to buy that and then do whatever they want in the inside. But of course, Volkswagen is going to offer its own interior version. So here you have a three-row uh, version of it, but the pictures are with the third row flat down, uh, and they make it so it can be completely flat here with this with this section here with also some space uh, underneath. So that's good to see. And we have here the second row. You can get a look of it again flat down on one side. You get those little uh, tablets that you can fold down to, I assume, so that you. Oh uh, yeah, like uh, tray tables. Yeah, like in an airplane uh, or something. The seat is pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, nothing crazy. Oh, I think they might have adjustable. No, no, probably not. No, I thought maybe like the foot rest adjustable. The front here is good. It's heavily camouflaged, of course, because the vehicle it, hasn't officially launched yet. It looks but. a lot like the ID4, at least the dash. Yeah, the instrument cluster, the, the steering wheel. Uh, it's going to be a fun experience to drive that thing because, I mean, the nose is so short on it that. Uh, it's really, yeah. it's really like a minibus experience. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of people are looking for third row uh, electric vehicles, and there's really not much out there. Obviously, uh, Model Y and Model X are there, but beyond that, and you know the Rivian R1S, it's pretty slim pickings out there if you're looking for a third row. Mm-hmm. So this having uh, seating for at least seven, maybe eight. I don't know what the back back's going to be third or three or two. Uh, that's going to be a pretty nice option for a lot of people. I think a lot of like, I don't want to say soccer moms, but a lot of people in the suburbs who want something kind of funky, but you know, can schlep around a bunch of kids. It's going to be pretty popular. Yeah. And again, that's one configuration. There's probably going to be a bunch of material configuration and the cargo version. That's going to be completely empty that you can do whatever you want with it. Uh, We're going to have a lot more information though. March 9th. That's when the, Official launch is going to happen, and apparently the Vigo is already rolling out the production in, uh, in Germany, I think, in Germany, yeah. And then uh, it's going to follow in the U.S. So that car is going to launch in the U.S. later this year. All right, one of the reasons you were in California this week was to uh, get your hands on the Ford E-Transit. Uh, how was it? Yeah, so uh, we're really not supposed to talk about the e-transit until the 31st, the drive impressions. They embargoed like everything for like different days. And I was like, whatever, I'm just going to spit it all out. So the e-transit, like spoiler alert, it just drives like a panel van. It's it's a Mustang uh, base model drivetrain with a different gear differential. So uh, and in a much, much heavier and bigger frame. So it doesn't take off super fast. It's you know, I would compare it to like a Nissan Leaf, uh, not not even a new Nissan Leaf, like you know the the ones of yesteryear. So probably like 
you know, eight second zero to 60 kind of thing. Uh, but you know, it's a panel van. What do you, you know, sprinter van, what do you expect? Um, so that was kind of the, the hardware aspect. Another thing was, um, and, and they gave out the, the pricing and we kind of knew a lot of this stuff. Um, 43 to 53. Yeah. And, um, you know, what's kind of cool about this is they were hinting really heavily at uh, a much bigger battery and a and more powerful powertrain and all wheel drive options that'll probably be coming in the months and years ahead. Okay. Um, you know, they would say, <laughs> you'd be like, hey, you know, is it, they're going to be a, a bigger battery and they're like, well, we can't say anything, but look at all that space where the battery is <laughs> like, there could be a much bigger one there. Don't you think? And uh, so they want, they really wanted us to kind of take away that there was a lot of battery space. Because right now it's 108 uh, miles of range uh, with the high roof extended version uh, and up to 126 with the low roof regular. Yeah, but like if you think about winter time, like that's going to go down again. Um, but on the flip side, um, and this was this was actually kind of a cool part of the the uh, trip. We got to talk to like uh, fleet owners. If you so. In the wintertime, these are probably not even going to get 100 miles. But mm-hmm. according to Ford's data, um, most fleet vehicles that they or most of these uh, transit vans go less than 70 miles um, a day. They can be charged at night. And so basically 50% of the market is addressable right now with, with these particular vans. So and, and he, they said something pretty interesting that, uh, you know, we have range anxiety. Uh, fleet owners they don't have as much range, range anxiety because they have data. We go on a motion. Mm-hmm. They have, they have a lot of data. There's not a lot of variance in like a daily trip or, or whatever. So, uh, they, they are less emotional and more, uh, numbers driven. So they, they don't think that fleet owners are going to be, uh, you know, worried about, you know, if there's only 30 extra miles of range or whatever. So, uh, the flip side is another, a transit van is coming out at some point with a much, much bigger range. I'm hoping for something double the range. So you'd have like 250 miles of range. You'd have a big, uh, you know, double size battery and you can make a super camper out of it. I think that'd be great. Yeah, for sure. The, the other thing is, uh, Ford's got this really cool telematics stuff and, you know, there's just a lot of information that most people don't care about, but the, the short of it is that, um, fleet owners are going to be able to see everything about the, the vehicle in real time. Like they have map interface and, you know, like where to plug in. They have, uh, if you plug in at home, you can get reimbursed. They have like all these like things that you wouldn't even think of. Uh, so they're thinking ahead. Uh, they're, they've got a really good system going. All right. Uh, also, they announced, I think, this week that uh, Walmart ordered like a thousand units or something. Like that. Yeah, eleven hundred from Walmart. They and they had some other, a few other numbers. I think um, CEO Jim Farley, mm-hmm. who I got to meet, really nice guy, um, uh, tweeted out some numbers. Um, I can't remember if I put it in the post, but um, you know, the one thing that I took away that was a little bit. Uh, so I also got a ride in the F one fifty Lightning. Um, Pro version, which is mm-hmm. the very, you know, you'd think MacBook Pro, that's the high-end version. Pro version on Ford is the low-end version um, with the small screen instead of, like, that big Mustang display. Um, I got a slow ride around uh, the farm there at Dutton Dutton's uh, uh, Vineyard. Um, I was really hoping to get a drive. It kind of, kind of felt like the invitation was like because it was a drive. So I know that's one of the reasons I was like super excited to go. Um, but the other reason I wanted to go was um, Kia had an event and I can't talk too much about it, mm-hmm. but uh, we had an EV6 drive um, just down the street. Well, it was a couple miles away um, right afterwards. So uh, we'll have that at the end of the weekend. Um, the EV6 is, you know, yeah, by uh, Monday you should be able to read it. Yeah. yeah by Monday. And it's it's a great car, I would say. Um, it's it's not a sports car, but it's not like Mustang or Tesla or Porsche, super fast. It's it's just kind of like, you know, a great a great car, and I think ninety percent of the population will be like impressed by the 
the, the handling, the speed, the mm-hmm. space, everything. So fun, fun weekend, fun week, actually. The weekend's just for, coming up. For the Lightning Pro, uh, the, the ride was still, was still comfortable. Like it's, it's not, you can see from the, your images right now that, uh, it's not a premium and it doesn't feel as premium as the, no, the not original all. Lightning. But it's it's still because because this is going to be a forty thousand dollar vehicle right there, right? So, so that's starting to look like what a forty thousand dollar pickup truck would look like, right? It's not it doesn't look cheap either. No, no, it's 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 fine. It's a mm-hmm. you know it's very durable and and everything's mm-hmm. you know the the front end of it's also plastic, the black plastic. Yeah. So it doesn't look as uh, tricked out. I guess looks more like a standard uh, work truck. Well, at the same time, if you're it's if you're literally using it as a work truck, like you you, you don't want to, you're, you're dirty when you get in and out of the right. truck, hose it driving down, a construction site and, and things like that. Like you you don't necessarily want to uh, come up there with a fancy looking truck. That's where also the Cybertruck wins some point with the stainless steel. Yeah, you know you're not scared of bumping into anything or like scratching it with rocks or whatnot. All right. Well, that's pretty much it for us this week. Uh, before the comments, we can jump into the comments. I didn't even ask anyone to put the comments in, so I guess we can just look. But uh, if, I, I thought a few people had some questions. Yeah. Uh, Green Gold says earnings call did not sound good for the Cybertruck. Sounds at least two years away. Uh, you could certainly make that impression from from what Elon says. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, he said oh, hopefully 2023. So. I feel uh, like at this point it might it might it might be a uh, sandbagging a little bit, right? But not not too much. Yeah, and I always wonder, uh, you know, Elon when the Cybertruck was about to come out said something to the effect of, uh, you know, if if people don't like the Cybertruck, we have a backup plan. I wonder if that kicks in at some point where they just make a, a normal truck. Or more I, think, I think the Cybertruck is fine. I think uh, if if anything, like unless you they, they go full Model X on it, and and what it's what it sounded like with all the technology they want to bring in, but just the, the what they have right now without anything more announced, like it's a cool vehicle. Yeah, for sure. And apparently, like uh, well, I mean, I've seen it in person, but like not moving or anything like that. I want I want to see it like. In traffic, I saw it in a museum, so it's, it's it's a weird context to see a car in person. But like like Joe Rogan said, like in person, like you, you see it, you, you drive in it, like you drive you you see it driving around. It's uh, it doesn't look like reality. Yeah. All right. Coyote says, "Did you guys see Ashton Kutcher driving his Hummer EV? He was even wearing a Hummer EV hoodie." Oh, him and LeBron. I know. <laughs> LeBron is supposed to be the spokesperson for that, for that car. Ashton Kutcher is trying to steal his job. Yeah, I found That's not it. Fair. It's on Stars on Their Cars Instagram. Yeah. I wonder if he was the first person to, like, if he was the lottery winner. To, somebody paid, like, a million bucks for the first one. Yeah. He might be, because uh, apparently apparently GM is not making a lot of those. They made right. one in December, and uh, I don't know how many they made this month. We, might, we should know in the next few days, but... Not much. All right. Well, good for um, him. It's a, it's a nice looking truck. Yeah, for sure. Um, Green Gold again. GM announced another 50 gigawatt battery factory. And I think we, we did a post on this. Yeah. I, I didn't put other... it in the podcast thing, but yeah, he's, he's right. The third, it's the, the third of their factories with the LG with the, with the Altium battery cells. And that's uh, great. Yeah. Like it's, it's uh, 50 gigawatt hours is a significant production capacity too. So yeah. That's a big it's one. It's going to come online in 2024. All right. Ethan Swanson, what percent of households would choose a 50K car with an FSD over a 30K Equinox? Uh, yeah, that's the other thing. Like it, That doesn't matter as much uh, how many people go for it because the most of the market for a – we're talking about a truly FSD car, like a car that really achieves full self-driving capability. Uh, the Call on the commercial side, on the commercial fleet side, that's that's going to be massive. Like just for a Uber fleet, just for, for all, all the robo taxi application that you can make. Um, some people are going to want to own one for sure, but just like said, said you often say like you don't want anyone else farting in your car, right? But say so you you want just to have your own car and use full self driving capability because it makes road trip a, a lot better. Um, but it doesn't matter how much percentage of people are going to choose that over a car that they're going to drive themselves and 
uh, cost twenty thousand dollars less, and it's probably going to be big a bigger difference in that too. It's um, the most of the value is going to be in a Uber like fleet. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this is interesting. Uh, we have LinkedIn comments. So if you guys want to log in via LinkedIn in the future, uh, I didn't even know we could do that. Yeah, it's a, I think a new feature of Streamyard, which is our software. All right. Kirk Hammond says, is Cybertruck's windshield wiper one blade or two smaller blades under the arm? I, from what we've seen, it's only one blade and one giant one. But again, that's apparently not the one that's going to be in the production version. So it's not worth talking too much. Adam Wilcox asks, any predictions on when EVs will return to regular pricing or at least MSRP? Some dealers will, will sell them to you at MSRP. Uh, you have to just shop around, unfortunately. It's not an ideal situation that some of them have committed to not mark them up because of huge backlog of order, just taking advantage of that. But uh, the dealership models allow them to do that. So if they didn't say no, and then you say, all right, I'm going to go somewhere else. Uh, when are they going to go back? I mean, it's a problem with the new EV launches and in terms of the markup. If you're talking about the regular pricing because prices have been going up because of the supply chain issues, uh, that it sounds like at least next year. But on the markup side, that's mostly for a new vehicle launch where the allocation to the dealership are quite low and there's already a big backlog of orders so they can afford to mark them up significantly. Uh, that's going to be the case for the foreseeable future, I think. All right, moving on. Uh, maybe I missed, but you guys did not talk about the Chevy Bolt perhaps being discontinued. Uh, well, we, we talked about it quite often. Uh, like it, it looks like nothing has been, comp- GM refused to confirm anything still, but it's starting to look more and more like the Equinox EV and the Blazer EV are going to just take over the, and, and, it's not it's not on the Ultium system anymore, so it's it's gonna die. It's pretty, and pretty it's sure. also got a pretty bad reputation at this point, so people that don't really help, yeah. Wanna get it. Um so yeah, there was some news this week that um GM uh had the uh Orion factory slated for a big update and that's where mm-hmm. the uh bolt is made and they didn't say anything about that. So it's just another nail in the coffin, I think. Uh, another question. Do you think the Cybertruck is turning into another Model X with too much technology? Uh, just one point on that. Uh, we talked to a Tesla, Tesla executive, former Tesla executive who told us that Elon was taking over the, uh, the project or he, he was like micromanaging the, uh, Cybertruck product project the same way he, he micromanaged the Model X project. So it does feel like, um, that, project is getting uh a little bit like you know over over uh they're doing too much with it they're making it too too good too big too crazy um so i don't know what do you think well uh, to play devil's advocate here it does sound like that for sure but elon seemed to have uh learn his lessons from the mall X on that front. Like he, it's something that he himself brings forwards a lot. Yep, so you would good. think they learned, he learned his lessons, but like you said, we heard that from a good source. And I, if he's doing that, I assume that he thinks because he can afford it because they cannot deliver it in volume until at least next year because of the supply chain issue. So he's like, all right, if we cannot make it in any significant volume right now, let's make it as good as we can then with, some new technologies because the launch is delayed anyway. So that, that might be a good point. Like that may be, so it's like where it, it makes it better. Um, but you, you can go overboard with that too. You can like, all right, we have time. So let's, let, let's, let's do some slick things with it and everything. And then, Oh, actually like when we can actually bring this to volume production, there's a few things that are going to be hard to scale up and make it make. And like, and it seems to be what's happening because Elon talked about the affordability of the truck too. So it's like, maybe there's a few things that he, he, he thought he could squeeze into the program that now he's like, it's going to be expensive. All right, the big question is, how much will FSD be in the end? He keeps talking value, but what if no one can afford it? <laughs> I mean, now it's $12,000 Canadian, uh, Canadian USD. So, yeah. Uh, yeah some, some people can, but I don't know. It's kind of like the taxi uh, medallions. They, they're they like yeah. you know, a quarter million dollars. 
And uh, of course, nobody can afford those. But there was a shareholder question during the meeting yesterday that uh, or Wednesday that I thought made a lot of sense. Where like it would start something that Tesla has been reticent to do is like make it a software licensing uh, product where you just buy the license or software and then you can put it in any product that you want. So if you change car and things like that, that's something that owners that because Tesla has a lot of like returning owners like ourselves included here mm-hmm. and like we were talking about the least two issues like this it makes it hard to like commit to a full self-driving package so if you make it a licensing product you can make it also a commercial license and make that a lot more expensive if you want to use it in a, in a car that's going to be used at a ride sharing kind of service that makes a ton of sense but uh, Elon said that it was too complicated. He said, "Like he said, ah, let's just we'll just charge you fifty thousand dollars for it, and that's." <laughs> it almost sounded like that. He didn't say fifty thousand dollars, but I feel that's where things are headed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question: With Build Back Better and Limbo, will Tesla still open its charging network in twenty twenty two? I actually Not in have the US. Yeah, okay. I don't think so. Uh, I actually asked uh, Jim, Ford CEO Jim Farley about this, mm-hmm. and his response was that he didn't think that Tesla was going to have any extra um, you know, space really for like they're building superchargers uh, just to try to keep up with Tesla's own traffic. So he Jit Farley said he wasn't, you know, banking on that. That was, that was an interesting uh, piece of information. I think, I think he's right for the most yeah. part. And also like, uh, so Nettie here is referencing the fact that the Build Back Better Act, actually, no, 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 actually, well, uh, that's not true. That was the infrastructure. Bill. Yeah, that was the previous infrastructure bill that already passed. So that's already true. Uh, that's already in place. So we don't need the Build Back Better Act to 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 work for that. So that's already in place. That uh, that clause in in the infrastructure bill that says that to get access to the financing for the for new charging station, the seven point five billion dollars that they're unlocking, your charging station that you build needs to be open to vehicles from more than one manufacturer so that kind of spurred the speculation that the tesla is opening the network because of that that's still through i think uh but uh yeah i mean right now there's just a few stations in the netherlands that's it so tesla as the way that i see the program unfolding i think it's going to be slowly growing out of europe and maybe by the end of the year in the u.s but i think it's going to be more something for next year yeah early days yeah all right that's it all right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks so much for watching on YouTube. If you are watching right now and you uh, like the show, please give us a thumbs up. It's free to do, and the algorithm loves it. And also, if you're watching on Facebook, you can do that, too. If you're uh, listening on your podcast app, you can give us a five-star review. That would be very much appreciated, only if you like the show, of course. I'm not forcing you to do anything. You're your own boss. But it, uh, we appreciate it, and it does help the show tremendously. So. And that's it for us this week. We're going to see you same time, same place next week. Have a good one. Safe weekend.